Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome to the show. My name is Mike Harrison. I appreciate you tuning in today. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. A few weeks back, I was traveling and caught the Dell Walmsley radio show and was listening to it, as I often do. And Dell did a show, and it was it was a parable show, and it was about um, essentially the parable of the golden goose, right? Uh, you have a golden goose, and you take care of the golden goose. You provide for the golden goose. Um, you feed the golden goose. You care for the golden goose, and the golden goose will bless you with golden eggs. And as the parable goes, if you neglect the golden goose, um, if you go cheap on its, you know, care and its food and that sort of thing, well, then the golden goose is ill and doesn't return with those golden eggs. Uh, Essentially, the parable is you have to give to get is the message, right? Give care, give love, give shelter, give nourishment, and you get golden eggs in return. And the golden eggs are the metaphor for the cash flow. uh, If you're looking at this from owning rental property, the golden eggs are a metaphor for the rental assets that we own. It's the cash flow, right? Uh, we have a single-family home, for instance, and we take care of it. We make it the best product, best price. We fix everything in the home. We put a great resident in the home, and uh, the, the resident will pay rent monthly, and we'll pay all the costs associated Uh, on the back side, the mortgage, the insurance, the interest, the taxes, and what's remaining is the cash flow. That's the golden egg, right? Give a poor conditioned home a makeover, fix it, rehab it, take care of it, make it the best product. You get an appreciating asset, lease it to a great resident, give a family clean, functional, safe housing. You get cash flow. Essentially, that is the metaphorical golden egg. I'm not here to discuss the concepts of that show, but essentially I do want to say this. You will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. That's a a quote by Zig Ziglar, and that quote is true. I have learned that. I have learned it. It took time, but I I have learned it. But as I'm listening to this show that Dell did, it took me back to when I was a kid, um, literally maybe sixth grade, seventh grade, It was a story in literature class that we read, and I hadn't thought of this show. It was so, so long ago, but I want to break this show down because it gets a little deeper, but it reinforces that if you you give, you will definitely get in return. So essentially, this show took place, the story took place. Uh, It was in old Europe, uh, Middle Ages, I guess, maybe the Dark Ages, and it was was during these times, and there was a village, and in the village... um, All of the families had small sustenance farms, right? It was a miserable life. Everybody barely got by. And and the way the people in this village made money was everybody had a cow. And they would take care of the cow and feed the cow and nourish the cow. And the cow would provide milk. And then they would, uh, the young son of this particular family would carry the buckets of milk into town every day and would sell the milk. 
And for what little bit he got in return, the pennies he got in return, that's what the family, that's what they lived off of. Essentially, the families would do without, they would sacrifice to take care of the cow, just everything to get the milk. So if the cow fell ill or died or something happened to that cow or didn't provide enough milk, well, those families would suffer greatly and and many of them would lose their farms or be turned out on the streets uh, or arrested for not paying taxes. So these were indeed miserable circumstances. And they were terrible conditions. And as you read the story, you, you say to yourself, wow, there's no way that they can get ahead or succeed or become wealthy. And it's the only life the farmer's son knows. And he's constantly praying for a better life. Deep in his heart, he wants a better way. So anyway, a day comes along and the farmer is, he's out. He's out chopping wood or, or something along those lines. And he comes across Uh, this beggar on the side who has a small bull and he's begging somebody to essentially please buy this bull please Uh, and no one will take it nobody in the village wants this they're not going to take what few pennies they have and buy a bull because after all the bull is going to give nothing there's no milk that comes from a bull Um, there's no use for it whatsoever and what little bit of food they have already they're barely getting by they don't have enough resources to care for a bull but sure enough Um, the farmer buys this bull from the man on the side there and he brings the he brings the bull home and you can see how this was greeted the boy was like what the heck I can't believe my dad's coming home with this bull and the farmer's wife is very upset I mean she's wailing like what are we doing we're all gonna starve to death we don't have the resources to take care of this bull he's worth nothing what are you doing but the farmer was very stern and he, he basically just said We're going to take care of this bull. We're going to do whatever it takes to sacrifice, to take care and raise this bull. And so the story goes on about they have just barely enough food and they're having to essentially take about half of what they eat and give that to the bull. And then about half of the milk is also used to raise the bull. So you can see this family is suffering greatly. Um, They're all questioning the reasoning behind the farmer. Why would he bring this bull home? Why are they doing this to him? The boy is, uh, he doesn't have any winter jackets or they don't have any money to buy extra boots. And so it's very cold and miserable. And they're going through this for a few years and they're constantly questioning their father. But he always looks at them and he says, everything's going to be fine. We're going to take care of the bull. And so they continue suffering and taking care of the bull. But my friends, this story is going to get much better, and you're going to see the light on the other side of this parable. My name is Mike Harrison. This is the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. If you ever want to reach out to me with any sort of real estate investing questions or any questions about Lifestyles Unlimited or how to get started, uh, anything at all, I enjoy getting emails from our listeners please continue to send them, and I do respond personally. My email address is askmike at luinc.com, askmike at luinc.com. So a few weeks back, I'm traveling, and I caught the Dell Walmsley radio show. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Dell has a national broadcast, and it's Monday through Friday, uh, and you can catch it on your local AM station near you, or you can always find that show at the Lifestyles Unlimited website just click on the radio button but he was doing a show it was about a parable about a golden goose 
and it reminded me of a story that really stayed with me that I read when I was super young. And if anyone can find this story, I apologize. I don't know the title of the story. I don't know who wrote the story. I just remember reading the story, and I've tried to look for it online, and I can't find it. So if any of you listeners know this story, please send me a link or tell me what it is. It's killing me. But this is this is a great parable, and it was um, it was very interesting how this tale turned out. But essentially, in, in the first segment, if you missed it, I'm describing a, a village in the Middle Ages and uh, subsistence farming, essentially, is how these people get by. And they have a cow, right? Everyone in the village has a cow, and the and the big product is milk. You, you feed the cow, you milk the cow, uh, you carry the bucket of milk into town, you sell the milk, and you get a few pennies, and you do it again the next day, over and over and over. And the whole life revolves around the cow. The cow is more important than the food the family eats. Well, anyway, the father, the farmer, is out, and he's chopping wood or something like that, and some beggar has a bull that uh, he's trying to sell, and no one will take him up on the bull. They're crazy. Why would you buy a bull? We don't have enough food basically to feed ourselves, and now we're going to have to give all this food and a portion of the milk to raise this bull. And uh, it's just ridiculous. Well, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Essentially, this family, the farmer comes home with the bull and and looks at uh, his wife and his son and says, we're going to take care of of the bull and they are suffering i mean they're skinny um they they can't afford winter proper winter clothes uh people in town are starting to make fun of them uh, point at them ridicule them the kids getting ridiculed uh, at school i guess if they had school back then uh, but basically the townsfolks thinks these people are fools right? They think they're totally fools. They know that cows give milk, chickens give eggs, gardens give vegetables, but a bull does nothing but eat and eat and eat. So they're starving. I mean, they are doing without, and they do this for about two years. And literally, they just, they ride it through. They persevere, right? They persevere and they continue on step by step, day by day, even though they're skin and bones. Well, After the second year, the cow becomes pregnant, and the cow gave birth to another cow. And yet still, the family suffered even more. Now they've got three mouths to feed, livestock mouths, and it's very tough. I mean, they're having to to work very hard, and and the uh, farmer's having to sell things just to get by. The, the roof and the home can't be repaired because there's no extra money, and they barely make it through the coming winter. And then in the spring, this cow is old enough, and guess what? She provides milk. And so they now they have the milk of two cows, and now they have a little bit of extra money. Now the farmer can buy his tools back. He can put that money to use. He can repair the home. He can buy winter clothes for them. And then soon... After a couple of years, they have three cows and more than enough milk. And they continue to grow in this path because they've got the extra milk that they can sell that provides the extra income, that provides the extra additional funds, and it continues to grow it. And then when you look back after 20 years, the farmer is the richest man in town. He's got land outside. He's got a huge herd, um, dozens and dozens of milk cows, and the family is doing well. And it's all because of the sacrifice 
that they made. And at times, my friends, we need to sacrifice to save and scrimp and save to put our money into these real estate assets. Why? Because when we care for these real estate assets, when we take care of them, when we maintain them, they provide us a essentially a monthly stipend, right? That stipend we call passive income. And that's how we grow our passive income, by growing our assets. And we do everything we can to grow those assets, just like the farmer and the family before they were scrimping, they were saving, they were doing without, but years later they prospered. So it's a compound effect. It's a day-by-day effect. You have to do what you can to invest, and that's what we're doing here. We do without. We reduce our expenses. We sell stuff. I've done all of this. Get creative. But my friends, find a way to begin your investment path. Get your milk cow, right? Get that first single-family home. Take care of it. Save your extra funds. And then what do you do? Repeat the process. Buy that next single-family home. I will tell you this. Once you start, it is easier to continue. It really is. Starting is the hardest part. It takes more effort to get started than to keep moving. And once you get into this path, you'll see it. It's a strategy I've practiced in my household. It's a strategy that has absolutely blossomed. But today, I'm still not where I want to be. I still don't have enough assets that uh, essentially I've got some goals in mind. And my wife and I, actually, there are goals of where we want to be with our assets. Um, Currently, I'm a partner in over 2,600 doors of apartment communities. I still own some single-family houses. But again... I'm not near, I'm not near where I want to be. So what do I mean by, by doing without, by sacrificing? I've got a lot of friends that have boats and what's better than owning a boat? Having a friend that owns a ski boat. Let me tell you, I love it. I love water skiing. I love, well, actually I love uh, surfing and wakeboarding. That's what we do. But my friends, I could go out and buy the most tricked out ski boat right now. I could buy it. Um, It would be very simple. I can go down there, finance it, put out a big down payment. But what does that come with? What does that come with? Well, it's the cost of the maintenance. It's the cost of the boat. It's the cost of taking care of it. It's the cost of filling it up. It's not the cost of the boat. It's the cost of the maintenance. Well, I, I know one day the boat will come. But what would I rather have right now? Would I rather have a boat or would I rather have another asset that provides additional cash flow. Build that snowball, create that snowball. Just like the bull in the tale that I shared, you gotta start at a point, but start with the end in mind and see where you're going. My friends, are we suffering? We're not even close, but we're well on our way to being where we need to be. My name is Mike Harrison. This is the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. get richer and the poor get poorer not because that's the way it's set up but because of the knowledge when put into action knowledge is power at lifestyles unlimited we empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income 
For over 30 years, our successful members share their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into the knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the show. My name is Mike Harrison. I want to thank you for tuning in today. We've got a huge opportunity Labor Day weekend here in Dallas-Fort Worth in Irving, Texas. And it's the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Expo. If you are even close to considering or, or thinking about investing in real estate, you need to make a point and you need to attend the expo. It's the largest event of its kind in the country. All over 5,000 investors, like-minded investors. You can meet the entire Lifestyles Unlimited team. We have realtors that will be there. We have our mentors. We have our educators. We have our consultants. Passive investors will be there. Single-family investors. Independent rental owners. Lead investor, just like Robert Tenning that I had on the show last week. He will be there. If you are starting to invest in apartments passively, you need to meet the lead investors. The requirement, the SEC requirements on these private placement memorandums are that you have a personal relationship with the lead investor. So if you don't like networking, you've just got to do it. You've just got to go up there. There's opportunities where all the lead investors will be in a room. They'll have a table and you can walk up and say hello, introduce yourself, uh, grab a business card. And then once you get back, you can always email that lead investor. Hey, I met you at the expo. I'm interested in investing passively in some apartment deals. Could you maybe tell me a little bit about yourself and, and about your strategy? That way you start the personal relationship and that gives you the opportunity to then begin investing passively in these apartment communities. And there are a ton of advantages out there, my friends. It's COVID or no COVID, inflation, no inflation. The deals and opportunities are out there. We literally make money five ways in single-family homes and six ways in apartment communities. So if you're one of those people that says, I don't want to mess with single-family homes, I want to go straight into passive investing, the expo is where you need to be. So where do you find that information? Wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. Wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. I can save you $97 off any pass or package. Uh, when you sign up to get that pass or package, there'll be a promo code opportunity. Type in Mike, M-I-K-E, in all capital letters. I was sharing a parable earlier that I read in 6th, 7th, 8th grade. I don't know if, you, if you're just now tuning in. But essentially, it, and I don't know the name. I apologize. I don't know the author. I just remember it reading a long time ago when I was a kid. And the whole story is about uh, a family in the Middle Ages, old Europe. They live on a small farm. And the way they make their money is they take care of a cow. Everybody's got a cow. And you take care of the cow. And you milk the cow. And then you sell the milk in town. And that's how you get ahead. And it's really a miserable life. And you, you look at it and you're like, there's no hope. They're just going to live and farm and work until they die. How do you get ahead? Well, there's a young boy's uh, father, the, and I just call him the farmer. But he wanted to try something different. And essentially, he formulated a plan in his mind. And there was a beggar that was selling a bull, right? Um, and no one would buy the bull. It was ridiculous to buy the bull. Why? 
because a bull did not provide milk, right? Chickens provide eggs, cows provide milk. These are tangible assets that they could go into town and then sell and then take the capital earned from the sell and that's how they lived their life, right? They bought the additional food they needed. They bought the clothes they needed. They were able to do repairs to uh, the farm when it was dilapidated. Um, and that was, I guess, the, the economics of, of this village. And the farmer formulated a plan in his mind. He says, well, heck, if I can get this bull and breed it with the cow, then I'll have two cows providing milk. Right. And then three and then four. And so as long as we continue to not raise our means of living, right, we're not taking that extra money and going and buying the ski boat. We're investing it in more assets. And so that's exactly what this farmer did. He would continue to take. He didn't raise the level of how the family was living by any means. He covered a few basic things that they had done without. Right. He he improved their their food rations, he got the winter clothes that they needed because essentially all their clothes were threadbare. He got boots uh, for his son and and for himself. Um, He had sold some of his tools, he bought those back, but he really didn't raise their level of lifestyle. And that's important. Until you reach where you want to be financially, don't raise your level of lifestyle. I, I see it all the time. In fact, I'll share a mistake. I did a mistake show in real estate investing a few weeks back, and you can find that on the Lifestyles Unlimited website. But there was another mistake that I made in the last seven years, quite honestly, and and I'm not afraid to to share it with you. It's not an investing mistake, but it's what I'm talking about right here. So in 2016, Let me take you back to where I was. I had 11 single-family homes. They were all cash-flowing phenomenally. Everything was doing great. Uh, I was in corporate America. I was making good money. Uh, The real estate was kind of, for me, it was kind of a side uh, gig, I guess, if you will. I took it seriously, but I didn't take it seriously to the level I take it today. And I think it's just because I didn't really understand where I ultimately wanted to go or or where the power was. I I was living the good life. Dell always says, what gets in the way of a great life, a good life. And what does that mean? Well, if you're in the middle of a good life, are you going to take a chance and buy the bull, right? Are you going to buy the bull and do without so that you can have additional funds later? You're right back to the parable. I hope y'all are all following me. But anyway, I was in the middle of a good life. We were carefree. Things were well um, three young kids, right? They weren't near as expensive as the teenagers I have today. What did I do in 2016? Well, it was time for a, a new vehicle. I literally went and bought top of the line pickup truck. I won't tell you the brand or, or anything like that, but it was, it was a stud truck. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was the most expensive vehicle that this family had ever purchased. But I told myself, I just justified it in my mind. I'm like, I deserve this truck. We got a ton of money in the bank. I could have wrote a check for the entire vehicle, but they were offering, um, I think, like a sub 1%. So essentially, I wrote a check for about 70% of what the vehicle cost, and then I did a two-year finance deal at a sub 1 or something right around 1. It was insane, a point nine. I don't know. Um, it, it was a nothing payment to me. I gave them a big chunk of money. I bought the truck. Um, hey, I still have it, right? It's a very nice ride. Um, 
it, I bought it in 2016. It's a 2000, excuse me, I bought it in 2017. It's a 2018 model. But now I look back and I go, that was, that was ridiculous. That was selfish. I should have bought a used vehicle, which, is, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to go drive a, a Dave Ramsey junker. Not at all. No. But I could have bought something much less. I could have taken that money and gone and, and purchased probably two, maybe three rent houses. So instead of me having that note that I'm paying at $500 a month, I could have been earning a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month, twelve hundred dollars a month, plus the appreciation, plus all the other ways. And so I look back and it was a greedy, selfish mistake that I made and I shouldn't have done it. Why do I say that? Because financially, I have not achieved my goals. We've done well. I, I continue to grow those goals every year. I don't have the same goals today that I had seven years ago. We push the uh, the goal line out a little further, right? Hey, we're doing this. I can see this. Why don't we raise those goals? Why don't we make them a little loftier? My friends, how can you get started real estate investing? Well, you need to attend a free workshop. That's where we all start. I did mine eight years ago, even though I'd been listening to the show for two years prior Finally found myself attending a free workshop, looked at it, saw the plan, understood the strategies that we utilize to purchase single-family properties and apartment communities, understood the five ways that we make money on single-family properties and the six ways that we make money in apartment communities. It made total sense to me at the time. I was, I was somewhat participating already. I had a rental home prior to joining Lifestyles Unlimited. I just wasn't very effective, and I knew I needed to seek out an education and mentoring group to learn to do this better, learn to become more efficient, learn to become more profitable. And I found that at the lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. It is an interactive webinar. You're not just sitting there watching a video or, or anything along those lines. You you can ask questions. You can say, hey, I don't understand what you're talking about when you say this. Why do you say this? What does that mean? Um, so, A, you go check it out, and you go, you know what? This is much safer than the stock market. The returns are double-digit, triple-digit returns. Everything compounds upon itself. Yes, I want to take this start, and I want to continue further. If that's the case then you can sign up for Lifestyles Unlimited. You do that at GiveMeTotalFreedom.com, GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. Two years right now for only $297 if you enter the promo code SAVEBIG. And that's all capitals, S-A-V-E-B-I-G. Again, that's GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. From there, you can have our full education piece, our two-day seminar, Learn what to do, how to do it. Learn how to build your team. Learn how to invest in apartments. There's three ways, as a lead, as a passive, as an independent rental owner. Those workshops are coming up. We have, uh, let's see, July 31st and August 1st, we'll be in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, we'll be doing the two-day in Richmond, Virginia, August 28th and August 29th. Sunnyvale, California, August 28th, 29th. Phoenix, Arizona, September 25th, 26th. So you can see we're, we're hitting all over the country. My friends, $297 is a small price to pay for an incredible 
financial education piece on real estate investing. And I'm not saying that. I had a gentleman on my show not too long ago who has a master's in finance and a master's in real estate, uh, basically real estate management or asset ownership, what have you. I mean, he's involved. This guy's very smart financially. He said it was the best financial seminar he ever took in his life. $297. Let's continue on. We're going to change gears a little bit here. And I want to talk about um, essentially coming at things from an opposite direction. And, and what I mean by that is, is sometimes the indirect approach is the most efficient approach. Where do I get that? Those of you that know me know that I love military history. Yes, we're going into military history here on this show because so many things can relate to what we do in our life they relate to what we do in, in real estate investing. But there's a writer, his name is B.H. Liddell Hart. Uh, his first name is Basil. So definitely the first thing you're saying is, oh, this guy is British. But he might be the greatest writer on, on strategy in the last couple of hundred years uh, as far as military history goes. And just a little bit about uh, Basil. His name is Basil Henry Liddell Hart commonly known throughout most of his career as Captain B.H. Liddell Hart. He was a British soldier, military historian, and military theorist. And he wrote several histories that uh, have been very influential, but we can use those in our life today. And I just want to talk about a, a couple of quotes. And by the way, this guy's a veteran of the Somme in World War One, which might be the most horrific battle that any human beings have ever been in in the history because it was such a long battle and it was so brutal. But he has three quotes, and again, these quotes can be attributed to everyday life. And one of his quotes was, A complacent satisfaction with present knowledge is the chief bar to the pursuit of knowledge. What does that mean? That's pretty deep. Complacent satisfaction with present knowledge is the chief bar to the pursuit of knowledge. So what he's talking about there is conventional wisdom world. Everybody's satisfied that, take the 401k, for instance. Everyone's satisfied that, well, if you want to get ahead and you want to retire, well, my friends, let me tell you about the 401k. That's how you do it. You start when you're 20, you put 20% in for 30 or 40 years, 20% of everything you earn. You feed this 401k, you feed this 401k. And then, oh, by the way, when you're 60 or 65, you're going to have saved enough to have an incredible retirement. My friends, that's so foolish. That is so foolish because, one, we don't know how long we're going to live. Two, we're going to need more money when we retire, not less. And three, I believe the median savings in the 401k is $52,000, something along those lines. So the 401k has failed, but the problem is, complacent satisfaction with present knowledge. It's the chief bar to pursuing knowledge, to pursuing the other ways. I went through it. I'm sitting there living in the 401k world and telling myself, this isn't working. I have to find another way. So I found real estate investing, and then I found Lifestyles Unlimited, but I understood the present knowledge was wrong. And I think it's maybe because I'm a rebel by nature. People are, you know, hey, Harrison, you're crazy. What are you doing buying these houses? My 401k is doing this every year kind of thing. My friends, it is a complete failure. Very few people 
that invest in the 401k actually make enough to have a, let's say, a retirement without despair, without struggle, without worry, without concern? You can apply the same thing to college degrees today. What's the number one college degree that everyone's getting? Psychology. Psychology. You're going to go borrow $100,000 to graduate with psychology and wonder why you can't get a job or you get a job that's only paying $25,000 a year? Again, it's the complete satisfaction of present knowledge is the chief bar to the pursuit of knowledge. People have been told their whole life, go to school, get good grades so you can get into college, get a college degree, feed the 401k. It's not working for a lot of people. Let's continue with Sir Basil Henry Liddell Hart's next quote. Loss of hope rather than loss of life is what decides the issues of war. But helplessness includes hopelessness. That is so true, my friend. That is so true. Loss of hope. Now, he's talking about it in war. But let's talk about it in, in financial terms. There's a lot of people out there that have just said, I can't make it. I can't get ahead. It is what it is. So I might as well go buy the new truck. And I might as well uh, buy the ski boat. And we might as well party all weekend and because I know I'm going to get paid on Monday, even though I just spent everything out, whatever, traveling, partying, big dinners, The loss of hope, right there, people are making financial decisions because they just say, it is what it is, and I can't get ahead. So the loss of hope is really worse than anything else because once someone loses hope, everything else caves in. And so Basil Hart was talking about if you're in a battle, if you have no hope to win that battle, well, you're probably not going to fight very hard. And then what happens? Disaster. So you can see, you can get this firsthand. I did a show May 23rd. You can find it at the Lifestyles Unlimited website. It's called Pressure, Passion, and Passive Income. And it is all about the loss of hope. It's all about the loss of hope. And quite frankly, I think if some folks had some passive income in their life, whatever source that's from, if it's from real estate investing, great. But I think if people had passive income, they can have hope that the future is going to be bright, that the future is going to be better. And so that that's where I go with that quote. Uh, I'll read it one more time. Loss of hope rather than loss of life is what decides the issues of war, but helplessness includes hopelessness. Now his last quote that I want to share with you, and he's got a ton, the indirect approach is the correct approach. Too often people want to take the shortcut the straightest route possible to an accomplishment, to an outcome. And often that is the worst way to go. That is the the way that you're expected to go. And how do we approach that in, in real estate investing? Well, just some of our strategies are indirect. The fact that we use hard money to buy single-family homes, that's indirect. The fact that as property owners, we do best product, best price. That's indirect. People think that you're supposed to be a slumlord and not fix up the property. That's all wrong. How about this one? Save to retire. Wrong, my friends. Save to invest. I want to tell you, it's not the money. It is the lifestyle. Make it a great day. 
My name's Mike Harrison. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.